Welcome to Truth Time, where you'll get a shot of the truth with no chaser. And now your Truth Time host, Trey Searcy. Back with you with more Truth Time Radio. Welcome back once again for questions and comments. TruthTimeRadio.com and toll free one triple eight nine double eight nine five six two. Today we're exploring the book of John and more precisely John chapter three verse sixteen. A listener recently said after hearing a program I did on John three sixteen, they said, I cannot believe you don't think the gospel is in John three sixteen. Well, the question is, whose gospel and what gospel? The gospel of your salvation, the gospel of my salvation, is not there. The listener said that the reason they don't agree with me is because preacher Art, uh, a preacher from Alabama, well, he doesn't teach this. So I guess they're a man follower comparing him to me instead of comparing scripture to scripture. I'm just here reading the verses as they're written, not changing them to line up with a certain belief system. So today, let's look into this. Let's see if we can find the gospel of our salvation in John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So the question is, where is our gospel? I don't see anything here about being saved, about us being saved and believing that Christ died for our sins, that he was buried and has risen for our justification. I don't see it. First of all, we're not even in the audience of John chapter 3. At this time, we were Ephesians 2, aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. So we're not even being considered here. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Believe what? Don't abandon the context. Believe what? John answers the question just two verses later. Look with me. John chapter 3, verse 18. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed Now, watch closely. Here it comes. Because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. In the name. Not the cross. No finished cross work. In the name. And our first clue to how someone at this time, here in John chapter 3, could have been saved... Our first clue should have been back at the very beginning of John's letter. Maybe Alabama Art missed this. Why is it that we have those who will skip chapter 1, chapter 2, and head straight to John chapter 3? They go there holding up their banner. John 3.16 No, don't do that. Let's set up our context. John chapter 1, verse 12. Look at it. Don't miss it. But as many as received him, to them he gave power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. How did they become the sons of God? Believe on his name. 
Did they become sons of God by believing that he went to the cross, died for their sins, was buried, and rose again the third day? Please show me that. Doesn't say it, and it hadn't happened yet. Right now, there's a guy roaming through town claiming to be the Messiah, and at that time, those who would believe that this man, whose name is Jesus, who the prophets have long prophesied about, believe on his name, and you can go with him into the earthly kingdom. That, my friend, is not the good news for today. It's good news. It's the gospel. But it's not good news. It's not your gospel of salvation. And hasn't been anyone's for the past almost 2,000 years. Things changed after he finished his cross work, went to heaven, and came back to the Apostle Paul to give him your good news. So as we look here, not skipping to John chapter 3, we just looked at John chapter 1 verse 12. We saw that to become the sons of God, they had to believe on his name, not in the finished cross work. Now, let's go to chapter 2. See, we're still not skipping to chapter 3. We're, we're getting there. John chapter 2 verse 23. Now, when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover, in the feast day, many believed in his name when they saw the miracles which he did. Many believed that he died on the cross, shed his blood for all our sins, was buried, and has risen to justify us. No, not there. Believed in his name. Stick with scripture and not church tradition. Don't read Paul's good news, Paul's gospel, back into John. Paul's not on the scene yet. This is revelatory information that was given to the Apostle Paul later, after the cross. And you'll find it mentioned in several of his letters. And it's really clear in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 to 4. Christ died for our sins. He was buried, and he has risen. But here... It's about belief in his name. It's about belief in his name in the first chapter. It's about belief in his name in the second chapter. So why do all the folks waving the John 3.16 banner think it suddenly changed in John chapter 3? Think it suddenly changed to what happened at the cross when they get to the third chapter. Why? Tradition and lack of study. They're parroting what they've heard, and they haven't gotten in here and read this for themselves. A real Bible student, by the time they get to chapter 3, they already know what John means when he says, Whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. How did they get everlasting life? By belief in his name. We just read it. It was either in his name, on his name, or through his name. It was all about his name. Now, look at John chapter 20, and here, let's see, verse 31. John chapter 20, verse 31. Read it with me. But these are written, that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life. How? How, John? How can we get everlasting life? Through his name. But what about the cross? What about the bloodshed? How he died for all our sins? How he was buried and he rose on the third day? What about that, John? No, it's not here. It's not here. You're not going to find it. 
You have to go to Paul to get this good news that everybody shows up to church on Easter to celebrate. Acts chapter 10, verse 40, uh, verse 43. Acts 10, 43. To him give all the prophets witness. Now listen, that through his name, whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. In John chapter 1, verse 12, salvation came by believing on his name. In chapter 3, verse 18, it was in his name. And in John 20 and Acts 10, it was through his name. It's pretty plain to see that in his name, not the cross, but belief in his name was the focus. It was the way of salvation prior to Paul receiving his gospel. Research it for yourself. Do you like to keep it real? Then stay tuned for more Real Talk. Truth Time Radio, the number one choice for Bible enthusiasts and critical thinkers. For more answers to your Bible questions, stop by truthtimeradio.com. The Apostle Paul was given his own gospel, Romans 2.16, Romans 16.25, and 2 Timothy 2.8. Listen, when John 3.16 says, Whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life, the belief needed at that time was belief in his name and nothing to do with his shedding his blood at Calvary and rising from the grave. At this time, salvation for the Jews or for any of their Gentile proselytes, salvation came by believing in the name of the only begotten Son. This is why Matthew twelve twenty one says, And in his name shall the Gentiles trust. Those Gentiles did not trust in the finished cross work of Christ. Those Jews did not trust in the finished cross work of Christ. No, sir, those Jews and Gentiles trusted in his name. And listen to this quote from Luke that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. What, Luke? What? Uh, No finished cross work for salvation like Paul said? Absolutely not. That's Paul's gospel for another dispensation. According to the gospel of the kingdom, neither the Jews or Gentiles could be saved any other way than faith in his name. And they proved their faith and maintained their salvation by works. At this time, believing on the Son would have meant to believe in his name. Believe that he was who he said he was. God in the flesh. Something that the Jews of that day, and today for that matter, have a real issue with. At the time the book of John is referring to, salvation did not come by believing that Christ died for everyone's every sin, was buried, and has risen. Paul's gospel is not found in the books of Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. If you'll look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15, you'll find the gospel that saves today. It's the same gospel that has saved for almost 2,000 years. Here, Paul says, verse 1, I declare unto you the gospel. Look at verse 2, by which also ye are saved. Verse 3, how that Christ died for our sins. Verse 4, was buried and that he rose again the third day. You want to know where the gospel is? 
Just read it. Verse 1, I declare unto you the gospel. How are we saved? By the gospel. What is the gospel? Christ died for our sins, was buried, and that he rose again the third day. And it's your belief in that good news, in that gospel, that will save you. Trust that Christ did all the work, finished it for you, and has risen to give you eternal life. My wife has sent you a question on intervention, in which you answered for us. And uh, we would like to have a track, you know, with the gospel on it, and have your web address, you know, so we can hand it out. Because we've been telling people about your web address. Could we put, like, a gospel message on the back, you know, how you would present the gospel if you presented it, you know, in a brief form, so we could have something like that to hand out? The gospel that saves today was not the gospel that saved then. The good news for salvation changed after Christ finished the cross work, arose and ascended to heaven, and then returned to give our good news to our apostle, the apostle Paul. Matthew nineteen twenty eight. Listen to this. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. In the name. The Jews continued to preach salvation through the name of Jesus Christ even after the cross. Why did they not preach Paul's gospel? It wasn't theirs to preach. Acts 2.38 reflects this. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Anything there about believing Christ died for their sins, was buried, and has risen? Absolutely not. That's Paul's gospel, a gospel that we read about later. There was a clear transition going on in the book of Acts, and as a matter of fact, Peter disappears after chapter 15. Hey, there's 28 chapters in the book. But Peter's gone after chapter 15. The name of Christ is just as powerful today as then, but today... When speaking of Jesus' name, we must include his finished cross work. It's faith in that that saves, not water baptism or anything else. And we don't believe in, on, or through the name of Christ for our salvation. We believe in his work on our behalf to save us. And there are those that will tell you, everyone in the Old Testament got saved by looking forward to the cross, and everyone in the New Testament by looking backward to the cross. Really? And just where do I go in my Bible to get that? That's a man-made doctrine you'll not find in this book. But you can find it in the church lexicon. It's simply a lie. It actually opposes God's word. Matthew chapter 16. Look at verse 21. From that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go unto Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. Look at verse 22. Then Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. (laughs) Apparently, Peter had never been down to the corner Baptist church where he would have heard that everyone was looking to the cross. 
You see, Peter wasn't looking to the cross. Peter rebuked him, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord. We're not looking forward to the cross. And here's more for you. John chapter 20, verse 9. For as yet they knew not the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. Now think with me. John chapter 20 is 17 chapters after the famous John 3.16, yet we just read that they knew nothing of the finished cross work of our Savior Jesus Christ. So the question must be asked, just how could John 3.16 be a salvation verse for us? You know that salvation is about Him dying for your sins, being buried and raising up on the third day, yet 17 chapters past John 3.16, they, quote, knew not the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. Salvation at the time of John 3.16 was still Jew first. Why didn't you know this? Because John 3.16 has become your slogan verse. The book of John is speaking of Israel before their Romans chapter 11 fall. If you and I as Gentiles were back there during the time of John, the only way to be saved would have been by going through the Jews. John chapter 4 verse 22, quote, Salvation is of the Jews. And as a side note, why would we expect it to be any different? Why wouldn't it be this way, considering the fact that John chapter 3 is still Old Testament in its doctrine? And for those of you who don't know this, I dare you to read Hebrews chapter 9, verses 15, 16, and 17. It should clear away any doubt that you may have concerning, is John chapter 3 really Old Testament? As this guy on Truth Time is telling me? Hebrews says it's an impossibility to have a New Testament without the death of the testator. Jesus Christ is the testator. And newsflash... He isn't even on his way to the cross until John chapter 17. That simply means when you read the book of John, you're reading 17 chapters of Old Testament. Study to show thyself approved, rightly dividing the word of truth. See how important that is? If you're going to understand these things and connect the dots, you're going to have to rightly divide the word of truth. I've been drifting on the sea of heartbreak Trying to get myself ashore for so long, for so long. Listening to the strangest stories, wondering where it all went wrong for so long, for so long. I was 60 years old before I finally heard about Rightly Dividing. And uh, I've learned a lot. I'm 71 now. I have that freedom you talked about, the, the righteousness of God in Christ and, I, and, and knowing. Finished cross work of Christ, as you say. I was raised Baptist, and uh, I'll tell you, we thought we had it right over everybody else, and we were, but we were totally wrong. And, uh, you know, thank God before I, I met death, I've heard the truth, the true gospel of Paul, that Jesus gave to him, and, and I'm free. You know, I, I have freedom I've never had before. You know, it's amazing. We're learning a lot from your, your programs. I mean, we're pairing scripture with scripture. I, I write it in my, uh, i got a journal Bible where I can write verses out to the side. 
so I have the references later to go from verse to verse. Well, I've thrown away the Bibles that have much reference at all. I don't even want one with their notes in it. I've thrown away parallel Bibles and New American Standards and NIVs. I don't have anything around but the King James, and I try to get one that doesn't have anybody's uh, comments in the wisdom of man always gets in the way of the Word of God. And I was one of them for that 40 years. I read a lot of preacher books and things on manuscripts and garbage like that, you know. And it just tortured me all those years, making me wonder. Like you said, I never knew where I was saved or not. Never did until I finally heard the gospel of grace. My husband George and I have been listening to True Time Radio for quite a while now. And we really appreciate the program you're putting on the radio and on the, the Internet. Two Time Radio is awesome. I just wanted to let you know that I have been enjoying the program and have been absorbing it like a sponge. The messages have been excellent. Hi, Trey. I just wanted to drop a call into you and thank you so much for standing on the Word of Truth, Rightly Divided, for delivering in a manner in which it cuts right to the bone, not taking anything off the top, being straightforward with the Word of God, taking it over your own name, taking it over your own reputation. I thank you so much for that stance. I thank you for the clarity of the Word of God. I thank you for the teaching that you do. Uh, your ministry has been a big help to us. Uh, we have gone through many of your archives. We have listened. We have taken notes. We have studied the compare the verses. So with all that God has for you, my friend, I pray that he blesses you and gives you the strength the courage and the power to continue delivering the Word of God without compromise or apology. The reason you're not happy, and you got all kinds of stuff, but you're not happy with yourself because you've wavered and the truth has been set to the side. You just give enough truth to make the people happy. But you don't share the whole truth. Oh, I love preachers who are not afraid of their people. I love pastors who are not ashamed of the whole truth. Even if it means losing the biggest giver in the church. Truth Time. We give the information so you can make intelligent decisions. Bringing you the 411 for your eternal life. Here's Trey Searcy. John 4.22 plainly says, Salvation is of the Jews. And your pastor correctly told you that in Christ there is neither Jew nor Greek. But he's the same fellow who tells you that John 3.16 was written to you. He's the same one that told you right after you were baptized and joined his church to go home and read the book of John. Jesus said, Matthew 15.24, I am not sent but into the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Think about that. I've said that before, but sometimes we just blow through these verses and it doesn't register. Listen, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 15, now you've already read 15 chapters. Here you are 
What have you been reading about? Jesus says, I am not sent, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. What are you reading about? You're reading about Jesus and things that he did as he was sent unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And guess what? That's not you. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are there for our learning and should be read, but they do not contain our salvation instructions. No one today can find a verse about their salvation in any of these books. You can't do it. John 1, 11. He came unto his own. Now, wait a minute. This is John. Think, think about what we're reading. This is John chapter 1, the very first chapter, the opening chapter of the book of John in verse 11. Think with me. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. Who are we reading about in the books of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John? His own. He came unto his own. And then couple that with Matthew fifteen twenty four. I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Who is his own? The lost sheep of the house of Israel. Oh my, this is good, but you have to be open to the truth, my friend. Questions and comments, truthtimeradio.com or toll-free, 1-888-988-9562. Remember, you only get two educations. The one you're given and the one you give yourself. This has been Truth Time with Trey Searcy. Visit our website at truthtimeradio.com. Until next time, remember, when a man who is honestly mistaken hears the truth, he will either quit being mistaken or cease to be honest. Truth.